Hello and welcome back to Podcast Interference. We have returned. It's uh, it's 2022. Uh, quite a long way into 2022, to be fair. And uh, yeah, I've got Jack with me as always. How are you today, Jack? I'm really good, yeah. We're just at that that point in the season where I'm really happy we're talking about the draft, but then depressed because there's still several months to go to the actual season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the worst bit about it, isn't it? You kind of, the hype begins now, and then it's just kind of that slow burn until we actually start <laughs> seeing people play again. Um, but yeah, it's, well, quite a few things have happened, I guess. We had the Super Bowl, the Rams the Rams won. Uh, what did you think to the game? I, I Personally, I just really enjoyed it in a nutshell. Yeah, fa- yeah, fantastic game. Uh, I know over the last few years there's been some some good Super Bowls, there's been some not so good ones, but yeah, it was really good. Um, both teams I thought performed well. Uh, both quarterbacks in particular. I, I thought for for Burrow's first time to to think he's so young, he really did apply himself pretty well. Um, and they were they were in it right till the end, of course. But um, really happy for Stafford. Always been a big fan of Stafford. I, I said even when he was at Detroit that. If he went to a decent team, he'd, he'd do good things. And he has done so, yeah. Really good game and really happy for the Rams. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely having Stafford win is is, is great just because he's been such a presence for so long. And I guess yeah. he's been stuck in Detroit doing the best he can. And now <laughs> no one wants that. First year away, he, he goes and wins it all. But it's interesting. We were we were discussing, I've been listening back to some of our old, uh, old episodes from this time last year when we were starting out. We were both quite high on on the Bengals doing well this this year. Called uh, it. Yeah, I don't know if either of us <laughs> I, either of us would have put money on them going to the Super no, Bowl. Oh god, but, no. But we we were, you know, it was there for all to see that they had the recipe for success. They just needed to needed to bake the cake, I guess. And uh yeah, look how far they got. So what do you think that's done for for both teams as far as dynasty's concerned? Um I think I mean I think the Rams um, obviously, I mean the Rams have just got brilliant players across the board. Stafford, I think, although he's getting on a bit, um, I, I still think he's a fantastic option. They've kept most of their pieces, um, so I think the Rams are like they're a team where I look at them the previous year winning the Super Bowl. I think they probably could run it back um, yeah. and, and win it again. Cooper Cup, obviously, offensive player of the year last season. Um, although I think his numbers will probably come down a bit because they were crazy high last year. Yeah. Um, he's still going to be be absolutely fantastic. And then hopefully Cam Akers can, can come back as well and do something in the run game. Um, yeah. I think that'd be nice. Um, but the Bengals, I mean, there's there's so much um, possibilities for this team. I, I mean, the off, the offensive weapons, Chase, Higgins, Boyd's not slouch. Uh, one of our favourite players, Joe Mixon, running the ball. Um, they've got such a good offensive um, set up, um, and they've they've done well as well, sort of protecting Burrow to an extent. And the defense really stepped up as well. So yeah, I think uh, dynasty wise, I think both teams are going to be a lot of players, uh, which we'll be seeing more of for the next few years. I think. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, especially from the quarterback point of view, like Stafford's been catapulted up as has Burrow. I yeah. know last year we were both. We were both debating whether to include Burrow in kind of our top ten quarterbacks, and it, it was a hard thing to justify. Whereas now it it does become easier. I think it, the only drawback for him is I don't think he'll ever be truly, truly elite in the sense that, you know, the likes of of uh, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes are mainly because he doesn't really run it as much. I think if he mm. ran it a bit more, then from a fantasy perspective, he would definitely be in that upper echelon. I think as a as a real life quarterback, he's 
undoubtedly incredible. Uh, and his ability to just remain calm under pressure and the fact that they went all the way to, to the Super Bowl, you know, he's one of the youngest to ever do it yeah. at that position. It, it it spells success for the rest of his career. Um, but yeah, I do I do feel like you've got to just take take that air of caution just to kind of recognise that fantasy is slightly displaced from reality. Um, yeah, yeah, completely agree. I think, I mean, I've, I've got my exact notes from last season, uh, which is crazy to look at. I had, I had, I didn't even have Stafford in top 12. I had Stafford at 13 and Burrow at 14. So Crikey, I think yeah. that, that goes to show how sort of much the rushing ability or the lack of rushing ability sort of shot them down my boards last season. I think I'd probably put them both in the top 12 this season when we, oh, when, yeah. we do, when we do go through those episodes. But um, yeah, yeah, certainly very true. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so I guess we'll uh, we'll move on. I mean, the purpose of us getting back together is that the the draft is on the horizon. Well, it's almost upon us, in fact. So we're just going to go through our top ten. But before that, uh, we started this podcast with the intention of just kind of sharing some stories from our own kind of home dynasty league and uh, a few a few major trades have, have just gone down in the past couple of weeks yeah. involving Mass- both of us massive. although <laughs> we weren't in the same trade uh, we were each part of two big trades uh, the first one that happened a while ago is I, I finally traded uh, probably the only man on the roster that I would have said was untradeable so I, <laughs> it's, I, happened. I it's happened I approached Kieran uh, who's the number one overall pick uh I've been doing a lot of research, as you would imagine. Brees Hall looks to me like he's going to be absolutely <laughs> incredible. Uh, you know, the kind of we're looking at sort of Ezekiel Elliott, um, yeah, in his prime. Jonathan Taylor, maybe even McCaffrey. That kind of level to me is what he can he can achieve. So, I've got a few aging running backs. I wanted a new one. I put, I put an offer to Kieran, and Kieran immediately declined it and uh, <laughs> turned around and said, "Well." What what in addition to the the one hundred and one would you want in exchange for Pat Mahomes? So I went back to him and I said, "Well, I'd want your one hundred and one and the one hundred and three this year, and probably the one hundred and seven." And then I asked for his twenty three first round and his twenty four first round picks. I expected him to just turn around and say, "Ah, oh, that's ludicrous." And he came back and he said, oh, "I'd I'd rather yeah, keep one, one pick this year." So I yeah. said, "Okay, what about Kirk? Throw Kirk Cousins in then, because." I've got a good feeling about the Vikings this year. New offensive coordinator. Kirk's got some good weapons around him. He always comes in the top 12 almost. He does. I don't like him, but he does. He just sneaks in. And I thought, well, from a points per game basis, that's only three, four points less than Mahomes anyway. So, you know, he'll make do. And uh, yeah, the trade went through. So final final trade was uh, Pat Mahomes and Kieran's 23 third that he gave me. In exchange for the 101, 103, Kirk Cousins, next year's first and the 24 first as well. So it was such a big deal. A huge trade. And even with all the draft capital, I still sort of sit and think, did I make the right choice? Because <laughs> Mah- you've locked in a perfect quarterback for years and years to come, haven't yeah, you, with Mahomes? 10 plus it's, years. It's, am I going to get somebody of that caliber again? Probably not. But can I get enough pieces of you know value that together equate more than Mahomes over the yeah, next which two, I think you years. can I think I can yeah. yeah so yeah that was my blockbuster um I guess do you want to walk through through the one that happened yeah, today of course yes I mean I um I approached Alex um 
for uh, Javante Williams, who I've been pretty high on, um, and that's been only growing. I think I first contacted him, it must have been three, four, five months back, and we've been messaging back and forth. Uh, finally settled on a deal. Um, I really wanted to run him back anyway. I wanted to get some more youth in my team. Yeah. Um, I also, at the start of sort of the end of the season, I said I wanted to, to sort of get rid of Cooper Cup. Not that I think he'll perform badly, but I do think he'll drop off a little bit. Um, so the final trade was uh, I gave him Cooper Cup and Kamara. Um, Kamara I will miss, but obviously the off-the-field issues and the fact that they don't really have a consistent quarterback sort of put me off a little bit. So Cup and Kamara for Javante and the 109 this year uh, was the final trade. So I can get someone in the first round this year and I get, I, I think, an, an elite running back over the next sort of five, six years. Yeah, I think I think it's it's quite a balanced trade, as as you say. I you, think it you, is. You getting the youth injection is is quite crucial. Uh, I, when you look at it in the grander scheme of things, you know you're kind of looking at the the end of a running back's life cycle to be almost kind of you know, mm, yeah. age twenty seven. So you've got Javante for a good five five six years of, of decent production, which is which is what you want. Cup is probably going to be elite for at least for the next three years, if not more. Yeah, uh, especially if he stays with Stafford. So. Yeah, Alex has managed to bolster his immediate team no end. You know, he's he almost took he the whole thing last year. year. He's yeah. he's going to be in a similar position again this year with that trade. Uh, whereas yourself, you know, you you now have you have future in your team. You've you've got that kind of longevity, which is which is more crucial, especially when you're kind of looking at the likes of Alex's team and Tom's team at the minute, which are you know they are the big ones. Um, Powerhouses. Sometimes yeah. it's better just to kind of bide your time and, and look for the youth and and wait uh, wait for your time to shine. Which I think you've you've been able to look at your team and compare it to theirs and see that Javante Williams will be so much more valuable to you in yeah. the future than Cooper Cup is to you right now. Yeah, completely. I, I didn't see me um, being able to, you know, play off certainly, but I, I don't think I've got a strong enough team yet to win it. Um, but with Javante um, and the likes of Jamar Chase and AJ Brown, I've got I've got some good young pieces. So I think, yeah, next couple of years, I'll be I'll be in a better position to, to make that title push. Exactly. So yeah, two, two massive, massive trades. Um, it's, it's, always interesting to see these things go down because we all value our players and picks differently <laughs> so it's, it's just it's interesting to see i mean before when my, it finally my, happens well that's it before my <laughs> trade went down I, I, i'm in a few di- different dynasty communities and i fired off opinions and it was interesting how how divisive it is you know some people just say you know pat mahomes is immovable you yeah cannot, don't get rid you cannot shift him but others were saying you know that's it is a game of chance at the end of the day if you've if you've got more chances at, at drafting someone incredible, then why not yeah, take that it's, chance? It's easy to say that, but when you've got four first rounders being dangled in front of you, it's it's also like yeah. if you if you if you're doing your if you're doing your research, you know, you you could maybe get like you said, maybe not someone as good as Mahomes, but even if he's ten percent less plus a few other pieces at running back and receiver, then you know, four first rounders is massive value. Yeah. It is, and it's you know the more research you do, 
that the, the more value, arguably, those picks should be worth. And you know, we we do do our you research. and I definitely do our <laughs> research every year, and and you know, we do have our ears ears to the ground when it comes to to these rookies coming through. So I would hope that that the research that we do and, and the collective uh, sort of professional. Uh, professional <laughs> scouts do will help us to land on someone else really good um okay so i guess we'll jump into our our top 10 um and we'll start with number one so i think we'll probably but i think we have consensus on this this guy yeah uh, Brees hall um jump in if you've got somebody else but i don't think you do but uh, yeah not not even close <laughs> yeah he 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 just he just has that he just had profile that that is elite, that is comparable to the likes of, of you know your Ezekiel Elliott's and your Jonathan Taylor's. He is hopefully going to be incredible. I guess the big question mark is is landing spot, but even with that, given the his ability just to be the kind of just to take on every aspect yeah, of that. Every role, down back. Yeah. Exactly. It just means that he is he's gonna be good. He's he's young. Uh, you know, he declared early he's he's not going to be somebody who's worn out too soon. Uh, I think, you know, some stats for you, I guess, in the past two years, he's had around 1,500 rushing yards. So that's in his yeah. second and third years. 20 and 21 touchdowns. Uh, he, he's able to, to catch uh, catch the ball as well. Last year, he demonstrated that more than the years before. So yeah. 36 receptions. Improved each year. Yards. That's what you want to see, isn't it? You yeah. want to see the improvement. I think there are two things that might shift him potentially. I don't think there will for me because I am sold on him. Obviously, landing <laughs> spot is is is, uh, is a big one. The other thing as well, and this is something that I've found out fairly recently. Um, you know, I should probably know this already, but <laughs> when you draft somebody in the first round, you that player comes with the fifth year option. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that, <laughs> so <laughs> I probably should have been. But that's quite a key thing. If he goes in the second round, he's only he only has four years on his rookie contract. If he's picked in the first round, he's that fifth yeah, year option, fifth year option, which means he's so much more attractive to the team because they're keeping him on a rookie contract for another year. So massively, if he can go in the first round, and then running backs, you know, they're not they're not like quarterbacks, they're not like wide receivers, they don't get the highest draft capital like like those positions do. But if he can go in the first round, which I think he might be able to, mm. then oh, it's going to be incredible for him. Yeah, I've like yeah. I mean, you, obviously you mentioned the stats. He, he gets in the end zone. Um, most leagues now, obviously PPR. I know all of ours are. So like the the receiving improvements massive. Um, I've I've seen a lot of sort of mock drafts having him going sort of past the twenty pick. Um. He's visited with Houston, Buffalo, New York, and Washington. Like Buffalo, to me, would be a fantastic option. It, it like I think with, with Josh Allen and that offense, I know Josh Allen might eat some of the rushing touchdowns, but I think like if those are my options, if he goes to Buffalo in a high-powered offense and can catch the ball from a very elite quarterback, that would be a good option. Yeah. I would prefer it if he didn't go to you know a bottom-feeding team like Houston and New York. Because although he will still be good because he's getting the every down work, he might just fade into the background. But yeah, he's definitely consensus number one pick. And like I said, for me, it's it's not even close this year. Yeah, I think if you put if you have an S tier for this class, he is in yeah. it on his own. There isn't 100%. anybody else close to him, really. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Kenneth Walker probably a little later because uh, he's definitely in my top 10. But the two of them were in 
similar discussions in a lot of the in a lot of the aspects of the dynasty community that I'm in. People are kind of having them level pegging, but when you look when you, when you put it in the context of PPR, especially, you know, Brees Hall is is by and large the better option uh, just because of his upside uh, in the in the actual pass catching game. Yeah. So one or two, I think we may potentially be diverging here do you want to say who your one or two is yeah so the, the two and this like, i think as as we'll mention more i think like after Brees Hall, that they are kind of not interchangeable but like I, I probably will change my mind again for now at two i've got malik willis okay same same as me um i think and don't get me wrong i think the first the first thing to say he's certainly got some improvements to make in terms of throwing the ball um his completion percentage isn't as high as I'd like it to be, and he did have, although he was in Heisman contention, he did have like a stretch of three really bad games. Um, but watching the tape in the games where he is on, um, he's he really can sling the ball, and then the thing that separates him, and as we know, it makes such a big difference, is the rushing ability. Yeah, you know, nine hundred and forty-four yards and fourteen touchdowns, and then eight seventy-eight and thirteen is his last two years, which is just insane numbers. If you equate that to fantasy value, and he's even half that in his first couple of years, he's, he's, he's going to pay for it twice over. Um, so I think if he improves in the passing game, I, I think the rushing ability will, will, will speak for itself. And I can see him sort of being like, a, we were high on Jalen Hurts last year. He, he had some bad games passing, but he was always consistently above 20 points. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great assessment. I think one thing just to add to that as well is that college stats, when you're sacked, they count for negative yardage. So yes. even though he had 944 yeah. rushing yards in year three, he really probably had over a thousand. Over a thousand, yeah. Because he was sacked a lot. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, that that in itself is, you know, he looks good without that little fact. When you add that fact into it, it's like, wow, this guy is amazing. He was playing for Liberty, though, as well, which is another Yeah, thing not a big school. Um, exactly. Not a big program. Uh, I, I don't think he really had the supporting cast either. You know, no, he, he, he was sacked a lot. He would just take off and run rather than, you know, go to his second or third read. Uh, he is very raw. Um, he doesn't have the kind of refinement that a player like... Uh, I don't know, say Kenny Pickett has. So, yeah, he, I would say he is the biggest boom or bust option in this. Oh, yeah. Draft. Ceiling and, yeah, ceiling to floor is such a massive, yeah, there's such a massive difference with him. Yeah, it's, um, it's insane, to be honest, because he could be utterly incredible, but likewise, he could be absolutely awful. And we, we're not going to know until we see yeah. where he lands, who his coaching team is, whether he even starts playing. I, I can see him go to potentially... I can see the Steelers trading up for him, to be honest. And maybe if they take him, I can see him sitting behind Trubisky for a year. I think he's going to be a bit of a Trey mm-hmm. Lance in that sense. Yeah, I think I think that would benefit him. I think he would be a better player in the long run. Yeah, I don't think he's. Someone. Yeah, I don't think he's good enough to start week one. I think that would be probably a mistake for his confidence. I think, um, to to go from like you said from a program like Liberty, um, a very run heavy quarterback to the NFL week one, I think would be bad. So if if he can sit behind someone decent, um, a team with a decent defense, which they do have in Pittsburgh, then yeah, I think he really can. He can be good. I mean, his arm strength by a lot of people has been compared to, to Josh Allen's level. So, yeah. like, if, if he gets the accuracy sorted, P- 
paired with the arm strength and the rushing ability, yeah, the the, the sky's the limit for, for Malik Willis, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I guess if he's taken in the first round, he is Jalen Hurts, but with upside. Because yeah. Jalen Hurts wasn't in the first round. They don't have the draft capital invested mm-hmm. in him. The Eagles can move on from him. If a team puts their top 10 potentially pick into Malik Willis, yeah. he's solid for four years. Even if he has a terrible this year, his dynasty capital will not go down because quarterbacks retain their value if they're picked high enough. Look at Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Not really anything to write home about last year. No. You'd struggle to get him for a, a first-round pick on its own this year. And like, who Who's going to give him up for a first-round pick? Probably nobody, just because quarterbacks retain the value so much better. So, yeah, I, I think him at 1-0 is, is my feeling as well for the minute. But, uh, as you say, I think the next few picks, they're just so, they're so interchangeable. If you want to go for kind of highest upside, Malik Willis is probably your guy. If you want to go for safety, consistency, the logical pick, <laughs> don't go for yeah, Malik Willis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 103, I guess... Uh, do you want to fire off your your third overall? Yeah, like 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 I said, I think after this it gets tough. I'm gonna have to go back to the tape, I think, and do it again before before the season. But I've got Garrett Wilson at three. Okay, I've got Garrett Wilson at four. I've got okay, Drake, I've got Drake London at three. I've got London at four, so we okay. can talk. We can talk about both, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, uh, so I mean the 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 one thing I think with this year is although the the class isn't brilliant that the like the six or so wide receivers I think we'll discuss today are all are all pretty solid I think um Garrett Wilson uh, Ohio State really good season last season uh, 70 catches over a thousand yards at 15 a catch which is good uh, 12 touchdowns so he can find the end zone as well which is what you want uh, for fantasy um ran sub 4-4 as well so he is lightning quick um scouts really like his route running um, so I think of like Jerry Judy's type route running when he came into the league um, and he's, he's good at making tough catches as well was one of his plus points so having watched the tape uh, really like the look of him um, I've seen some teams or some mock drafts having him go to like Atlanta I've seen the Packers the Chiefs involved so again it, it's, it's all spot dependent but I think if he if he lands with a, a top 12 quarterback I think he makes an impact probably probably week one yeah, no, that's a good assessment. I think he is very good, which which would worry me on London spot because I think he's going to be taken fairly early. Yeah. Um, as you say, I think Atlanta is a potentially a, a logical spot. Which I, to yeah, land. I, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's, really, you're wanting people to be slipping kind of past pick sort of 21. You want, you know, you want in the Raiders, the Cardinals. So that's pick 22, 23, Cowboys, 24. Buffalo yeah. Bills at 25. That's the kind of I'll be happy with any of them. <laughs> yeah, if, once you're getting past pick 21, that's where that's where the money is really. Um I, I like Garrett Wilson. I think the thing to kind of point out about him, he he sort of he broke he was able to break out with a supporting cast of Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's probably going to be the wide receiver one next year. He was able to do that with just his quarterback and he was able to lead the offense as well this year which is just testament to his abilities given given the company that he shares and he, he's 21 years old like all those things are, are incredible uh attributes for him to have so yeah he could be my third overall i guess or fourth overall drake <laughs> london for me 
uh, you know, he broke out in his first year. He was 18 years old. And when he broke out, uh, he was breaking out alongside the likes of Michael Pittman and Armin Rasen Brown. So that's <laughs> that's just ridiculous. And then in his second year, uh, he was he was accounting for 45% of the receiving production on his team on a per-game basis, which is insane. So he's declared early. He's 20 years old. He's He's been able to put up great numbers and dominate... Uh, you know, the college domination rankings. He was able to dominate his his offense. You know, gobbling up almost half of the half of yeah. the production. Which he just he just seems really really good to me. And the youth on his side, the fact that he's declaring early, he's got the confidence. I, I really like Drake London. I think he's. I think I'm quite high on him more because I seem I like him, and that's yeah. probably the only thing that puts him ahead of anybody else. I just feel like he's he's going to be an elite talent, to be honest. Yeah, no, yeah, great point. I think I it, it was it was very close. Um, London's he's a little bit slower, but he is massive as well. He's six three two eleven. So a lot of, a lot of people are comparing him to like a sort of like a Mike Evans type receiver. Yeah. So you know, big big over the top deep threat. Um, numerous times last season, and Drake London commented on this. He was getting double and triple covered. Um, but you know, because of his size, it, it's it's no issue. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think he re- really will be a talent. Eighty-eight catches last year, so big volume, uh, big receiver. Yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll be pretty special as well. I think his issue is probably going to be landing spot. I can't see him slipping past pick twenty. I think he's going to get gobbled up pretty pretty quickly. So he's going to land in a in a weak team. But who knows? He might be able to elevate them. Uh, he yeah, might. hopefully he's quarterback proof. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want. But you've. <laughs> It's, this is dynasty. You do have to look at the ability of the player as well as the landing spot. I think it's you know if you have a really good player, things change. Like look at look at the Cleveland Browns two years ago. You would have said that Baker Mayfield is probably their locked in quarterback. That they wouldn't move yeah. on from him. He took them to the God. playoffs. <laughs> Times He's, have changed. Yeah, things can change hugely. Um, and the Browns probably need some some decent <laughs> decent wide receivers. To be fair. Uh, so number five, who have you got? Um, number five, another another receiver. I've got Traylon Burks at five. Yeah, I've got the same. Yeah, um, again, you know, similar to Drake London, I pointed out. He's you know he's he's six three two twenty five, so he's absolutely massive. Um, four five speed, so no slouch. Fresh off a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns. Um, so amazing season last season. Um, fantastic athlete. Everyone mentions is how how quick he is for his size. Um, he has visited recently with the Bears and the Cardinals. Um, so just to give you an idea of landing spots, um, I'd, I'd be very happy with the Cardinals. Uh, I know they've got D-Hop, but obviously AJ Green after that is is getting on a bit. So I think if he was to go somewhere like that, I think, again, instant impact. Yeah, yeah, Traylon Burks is... Yeah, I agree with, with, with those comments, to be fair. Um Similarly to London as well, he was at his best. He was commanding forty-five percent of the receiving production too. Uh, but he was by and far the best wide receiver on that team. So in London was obviously fighting against some very good uh, fellow wide receivers. Burks was was the best. Um, I think for that reason he slip further. If he ended mm-hmm. up with the Green Bay Packers, he he would probably jump to maybe one or two for me to be fair yeah i think his ability with aaron Rodgers now he would yeah yeah, i would probably be taken ahead of malik willis to be fair 
even though I'm quite high on Willis myself, just because <laughs> that landing spot with his ability, as we've said, these the kind of pick two to pick six are kind of interchangeable. So if you yeah. it, it landing spot will determine the order of these players for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, outside of Brees Hall, landing spot makes all the difference. Yeah. Uh, so number six, I've got Kenneth Walker. Um, Same. He's he's slipped down to here mainly just because of the the lack of receiving production. But as a running back, he yeah, he is pretty he good. Is very good. <laughs> he, you know, he's he's young, twenty one years old. Uh, he's he's a great running back. He's probably going to be efficient. I doubt he'll be involved in the passing game if he hasn't at college. I don't, can't see him really transitioning it to to it now. So as we're not in PPR, it's been not quite as elite as Hall. But even still, I would probably draw parallels to maybe the likes of J.K. Dobbins, that kind of player, mm-hmm. who's first and second down, he's your man. Third down, you're probably looking for somebody else. But out. yeah, yeah it, I think he's going to produce some decent numbers at the NFL level. And for any running back needy teams in this first round, you know, Kenneth Walker's probably the guy to go for because in our league at least I will have taken Brees Hall yeah, yeah. you ain't getting Brees Hall after 101 <laughs> not if you're smart <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it yeah great player um, first two seasons he didn't do much he was at Wake Forest then transferred to Michigan State but last year the production levels just went through the roof you know 260 odd carries 1600 yards um, nose for the end zone as well 18 touchdowns last year um, yeah, the the only reason he's a little lower, I think, is is because the the receiver class this year is is pretty good. But yeah, Walker, I'd, I'd be happy taking him in in first round of our dynasty draft, certainly. Yeah, excellent. So this is where things start to, to yeah. get a little bit cloudier. <laughs> I think there is definitely a there's definitely a bit of a a slip down into to a definite lower tier after after this point. I would say the first six picks are kind of. The, definitely the upper echelon of this of this particular draft. Once we get to pick seven, yeah, things start slipping. <laughs> not to say that it's not good, but I feel like it's more no. unpredictable, let's say. So at 107, I've got Chris Olave from Ohio State. Okay. I've I've got I've got Olave at eight, I've got Jameson Williams at seven, so yeah. That's okay. pretty pretty close. Fair enough. So Olave for me. The reason he is that high is because he was playing alongside NFL caliber receivers, yeah. as we as we've discussed. Um, one of them, obviously, being Garrett Wilson. Uh, yeah. He was uh, leading. He he was the, he kind of carved out a solid part of that offense. He was leading that offense in twenty twenty. His issue, really, funnily enough, is that he stayed too long. In my opinion, he was there for four years. Yeah, and in his fourth year, he slipped from being kind of the wide receiver one in twenty twenty. You go through to twenty twenty one, he slips to wide receiver three, so he's dropped below the other two guys. Which that's not what you want to see from your oldest (laughs) uh, wide receiver. You want them to be kind of still leading at that point. Yeah. So for that reason alone, I would say he's probably behind. Well, he's got to be taken behind Garrett Wilson, in my opinion. But that's not to say he's not a great player. He demonstrated he was a great player. He's just not quite on the same level as uh, as Garrett Wilson for me. Yeah, couldn't yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, very polished prospect, like you said, four years um, in college. Little little drop off, and I think we yeah Wilson will go ahead of him in, in in most leagues. But I think he's he's very good. I think the only reason he's slightly behind Jameson Williams, who I'll talk about now, is. Um, Although they've both kind of got the stats, like Williams watching him, I just he passes the eye test for me. 
Um, he did have an injury, but most scouts are saying NFL teams aren't put off by it. Uh, he did have an ACL tear. Yeah. But if you look to his most recent season, you know, 79, 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns, it's the, the numbers are massive. But of course, he's an Alabama wide receiver, so most of them are very, very good as it turns out. Um, so I think he's the, more of a risk with Williams, but I, I would happily take the risk if they both fell to me uh, in a pick situation. I think that's the only reason I've got him slightly ahead. Yeah, so I've, I've got him down at nine for similar reasons. I think it's the injury that's more of a red flag for yeah. me. I guess if the professionals are saying it's not too much of a thing to worry about, then maybe I shift him up a little bit, but he doesn't look to be... Uh, someone who's going to be going to the training camp and participating, and he doesn't look yeah. like he'll be quite ready in time for the start of the season. So I guess in the short term, that's probably why I've got him a little bit lower, because the eyes, I think, there will be plug-and-play. I think they'll literally be playing as soon as they join the yeah. teams. They'll be productive. So, yeah, Williams is my number nine. My number eight is mm. Kenny Pickett. Oh, okay. uh, so, yeah, not a big fan of this quarterback class, I've got to say. But <laughs> Pickett... I think, from what I've read, he seems to be a favourite potentially for the Panthers, uh, yeah, which I feel that. like would be a really good spot for him because I think, talking about plug and play, I think that if he went to the Panthers, he would probably start playing almost immediately. I can't see him sitting behind anyone for a particularly <laughs> long time. Definitely not. Especially with their <laughs> current situation. So I no. think he would be a nice, safe option at quarterback. I think if you've got a team that, that needs somebody, you know, if you're in super flex and your QB2 is, is well, someone like Baker Mayfield who might not even be playing, uh, you want to probably go for somebody like Kenny Pickett, I think, who's, he's never going to be, uh, he's never going to be elite, I don't think. His, his ceiling isn't, isn't there for him to be elite, but I think he's going to be a great QB two, mm-hmm. and I think he's got the refinement and the training to be better than Malik Willis this year. I just he doesn't have the legs to make him that elite prospect. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a good prospect, so he's probably worth taking at the back end of the first round, maybe start of the second round if he's still there. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I'll, I'll chat about him now. I've, I've got him at 10, so he did sneak into my top 10. I think, like you said, it was a good assessment because he's, although, like, if you look at the numbers from 2021, 4,300 yards, 42 touchdowns, only seven picks. Like, that's crazy good. Um, obviously, the rushing takes a bit of a hit compared to Willis, but he still did have 13 touchdowns over the last two years. So it's not... He's not immobile. Um, he's just not as he's not going to get you nine hundred yards a season. So I think, although the ceiling is higher with with Willis, I I think obviously Pickett has a much higher floor. So although I've got him lower, I, like you said, I can see him being better than Willis this season. For example, I think he's probably more ready to to play right now. Sixty eight percent pass accuracy last year. Love to see that. And like you said, if he, if he did find somewhere like. Carolina, there's no way he's sitting behind Sam Darnold for goodness sake. So if if, if he can get <laughs> if he can get playing week one, um, then I, then I think he'd be he'd be pretty good week one. Yeah, I really yeah. like Kenny Pickett. He's definitely a guy whose whose value will be sort of inflated with with landing spot. I think uh, yeah, he, more so than maybe some of the other players here, just because of you know if he lands somewhere that that is ready to just take him on and, and get him to play. He will save a lot of managers some stress if they are kind of in a bit of a bind with that super flex spot. Yeah. Uh, so my my final pick at number ten, uh, mm-hmm. 
was George Pickens. And this is... Uh, this was probably the hardest selection out of the whole top <laughs> ten for me. I, I didn't know who to go for. Spiller entered my mind at one point, but... Yes, I've got him at... I'm yeah, going. I'm not confident that he quite is there for me. There are a few red flags, so I went with Pickens. So this is, yeah, as I said, it, it took me a little while to settle on this. I think he, <laughs> he has potential to be something really special, which is why he's my number 10, because this is what the draft's all about. It's all about finding yeah. those diamonds in the rough. It's all about the upside whilst considering the downside, and I think he has tremendous upside. Mm-hmm. Um Injuries have obviously prevented us from really seeing if he's the real deal or not, so there is even more ambiguity as to whether he can elevate himself to be a true, truly special player in the NFL. Uh, when he came back to play, I think he only played the last few games this season. It was quite clear to see that he was kind of been uh, capped so that he wouldn't overplay. So he wasn't really unleashed, so we didn't really see anything yep. from him probably because they wanted to avoid re-aggravation of the injury, given that he's you know entered the draft this year. Um, he's got some of the best hands in the class, and that's undisputable. But yeah. playing the game aside, he didn't interview very well, and he <laughs> seems like a bit of a troublemaker. So he's been ejected. He was ejected from a game for getting in a fist fight. Uh, he's been flagged a couple of times for unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, Great. He's... <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a few coaches uh, who have come forward and said kind of anonymously, we will not be taking him to any circumstances because of his behaviour. So sounds like a character. He sound well. He sounds like a perfect <laughs> wide receiver because they all seem to have something yeah, crazy old, yeah. going on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he is. He is similarly to Willis. He's an absolute dart thrower. He could be absolutely believable, mm-hmm. but he could just as easily crash and burn. So he is. As I say, in in the in the light of competition and in the light of the kind of the chance and rolling the dice nature of of drafting in a dynasty league, I think George Pickens is definitely worth a late worth, yeah. late first round dart throw, early if second. not early second. Yeah. yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. I think he'd have probably been um, probably been eleven or twelve for me. Um, Isaiah Spiller did did sneak into my my top ten uh, just because I do, I do love a running back. Like you said, there is a few concerns. He, he's he, he's a li- watching the tape, although he's got the production. So, like, numbers-wise, 2019, 9, 4, 6, and 10 touchdowns. Um, then you've got 1,009 and 1,006. So the, the production is consistent, but he is, he's a little slow, which, yeah. I, which, I, which I don't like in a running back. But, the receiver, <laughs> um, but production's there. And the receiving is is not bad as well. He did have twenty plus catches each of his three college years, um, which is about all you can expect from from a college back. So the the receiving ability is there, um, the production is there. Um, I don't think he'll obviously start week one. I can't see a scenario where he starts week one for anyone. But I think you never know with running backs. There's so many injuries. I can I can see him fitting in somewhere and and, and producing to a to a decent degree. Yeah, well, running backs are that kind of golden position within the game because they do produce uh, so in such a way that the kind of a team without a good running back is probably not going to do very well. So I, <laughs> I, I think you know, in fantasy, having somebody like Spiller, who is you know, if, if you are getting to the end of the first round and you do have a massive gap at the yeah. running back position, he's probably worth certainly taking. Yeah, he's he's worth 
worth a try at least because you know that's what draft draft picks are all about. And that's all you're getting this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well that's it. So yeah, I think he's probably maybe at twelve for me. Yeah. Um that's fair. Maybe eleven. But he's yeah. I, I can't see him lasting on the board much into the second round to be fair. Um so yeah I guess that's that summarizes our, our top ten. It's <sighs> It, it's all dependent on landing spot now, I think, as to how this changes. Uh, as as we've said a few times, this sort of pick two through to pick six, they are almost interchangeable. So yeah. landing spot will have a huge impact on those picks. Um, but yeah, I think for all of the... It's interesting. So the dynasty community is quite, quite fascinating in that it was absolutely shitting all over this draft class for the past <laughs> past year and everybody was saying flip your 22s into 23s and you know the first people managed to do that kind of at the start of maybe this time last year people could get away with it as the season went on more and more people heard about this you know kind of legendary phenomenal mythic 2023 draft class and apparently the 24 <laughs> draft class is going to be just as good so Twenty twenty is good, yeah, yeah. Especially for me and you. Um, so the twenty two draft, I think, has been, as I say, it's been kind of looked upon with some level of uh, disdain. But the more I've looked into it, the more I've read into it. The top six picks for this draft, they are going to be very good players, and they're going yeah. to make an impact almost instantly. Brees Hall, no matter where he goes, is going to be an yeah. incredible player. They're sort of the top three wide receivers. They're also going to be the same. I can't see them not doing well in the NFL. And then you've got the likes of, obviously, Kenneth Walker and Malik Willis to round it out. So I think there are some very good options here. The wide receiver class is very... Uh, I don't think we can deny I could go off... You know, there's uh, sort of Dotson as well as, as a player who was on, yeah. on my radar. Jahan Dotson, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a few players, actually. A few wide receivers. Uh, Sky Moore as well. And, and they... The wide receiver is quite deep, so I think even in the second round, I know we're not going to address it today, but even if you do have a second round pick, it's probably still worth something, because if you look at the wide receivers especially, this is a nice deep class, so look at it for what it is, it's still a worthwhile draft, there's still going to be players in here that make an impact in the NFL, yes the 23 draft is looking to be something else, but that's not to say that the 22 draft isn't worth, you know, at least looking into it and being careful about who you choose because throwing away your picks at this point, it, it might not do you any good. You know, there are some good players here. So I, for one, am really looking forward to this draft and, and it'll be good to see where, where everybody ends up. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it's it's not the best draft class, but like you said, I mean, wide receivers, very strong. Um, like looking at a mock draft even even now of the actual draft, even someone like you said, like Skymore and Dotson, um, their their first round picks in most people's mock drafts. Like, yeah, the wide receivers are, are very deep. Um, like someone like Skymore, like on this mock draft going to Kansas City, I mean, the, the value in, in that with Mahomes instantly is going to increase. So yeah, good draft. Obviously do, do the research. I'm sure we'll address like maybe a few sleepers and later round picks in a, in a further episode. Um, but it's going to take a lot more research that one <laughs> yeah definitely definitely. and I guess just, just to kind of round that off as well 
And I said the quarterback class wasn't the best, but like Matt Corral doesn't look too bad. Yeah. And, and the bad. guy that's kind of powering up boards at the minute. So he's gone from kind of relative obscurity to actually somebody who people are looking on quite fondly is Desmond Ridder. Like mm-hmm. he is, he's going up. He's, he's, uh, He's definitely getting on people's radars now. So, yeah, it's <clears throat> do your research, I think, is the best piece of advice you can give just because it is there are some good options uh, deeper into this draft. Obviously, we've gone through the top 10. I think, as we say, and I've kept saying, the top six are definitely a tier above everybody else. But, yeah, dart throws, you've, you've just got to hope land on somebody good. Uh, so yeah, I guess I guess we'll uh, we'll return after the draft with our revised top ten, I suppose. Um, once we see where where people land. Yeah, sounds that sounds good to me. I know I, I for one am staying up for it. I believe you are too. I'm I'm very excited to see uh, see where everyone goes. Yeah, I've got Friday Friday off, so <laughs> I'll be I'll be nice late to one. see <laughs> see who goes in the first round, and I'm hoping to see the. The Brees Hall name uh, before the night is over. So, yeah, thank you very much for rejoining us. Uh, it's it's good to be back. We're hoping to get some semi-regular content out now between now and the start of the season, just so that we can keep this uh, this fire of passion for the sport burning until uh, until kickoff in <laughs> September time. So, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Hey!